Daphnun Aleph, we're in the middle of the discussion over here. The Mishnah said, Ein moitzin l'achilas peris, u'svach isha ule shvach kakois, and from us an isha abonis, from the tikkun oilem. The question was, why? What's wrong with collecting from these things? If the person has a lien on the, whoever, whoever owed him the money, so just like from the karka itself or from any other chayv, of course you can collect from mishubadim. So why should this be any different? So we brought two reasons yesterday in the Gemara. Ula said b'shem mishlakish, because it's not ksuvin. It's not something that the lekoch who bought the piece of land could be aware of easily, and since he cannot be aware of it easily, therefore for pseid the lekuchos you have to protect him. And anything which is not written down or not necessarily written down specifically, but made aware to everybody, what we have, what we what we call having a coal. Okay, so anything which doesn't have a coal that you cannot collect from mishubod. Rav Chanina on the bottom of Nunam Bez, the last lot said two lines. He said a different reason. The fisheina kitsuvin. Rav Chanina said because it is not a fixed amount. It's not a fixed amount per year. And it's not a fixed amount of years that it's going to be collected for. And therefore, it's impossible for anybody to buy any piece of land from anybody. Because when you buy a piece of land from someone, you, you never know that you're going to be exposed to a tremendous amount of risk. Unlimited risk, basically. And therefore, you're going to halt all commerce. And therefore, for that reason, we do not allow you to collect from Mishubad. So, Shaila, we had was in the bottom line of Nunam Rebbe, is Ibailu. Rabbi Chanina Ketsuvin Ukesuvin Bai, Oidoma Ketsuvin Afapisha Ketsuvin. Does he need, he definitely said it has to be a, some sort of fixed amount, a fixed amount of time. Does he also need that it should be something that's written down or, again, make people being aware of it? Or is he only focused on the fact that it's going to be something which is a fixed amount of money? So, Toshma. So, charming a raya from a few prices. The first price says, Ditmar, Misha Mes, someone who dies, Viniach Shte Bonis. Okay, he leaves over two daughters. Now, we already said in the Gemara Subas that if a person leaves over a state, of course, the Arusha goes to the sons. However, each daughter, each unmarried daughter, gets a certain amount of the dunya, amount of dowry she's allowed to take from that estate to use when she eventually is going to go and get married. The amount that she gets, we said, is 10%. Isur Nechasim. 10% of what was there, of what's there now when she comes to get, take the money to go get married, that she gets. So a person over here leaves over, so he has a son, so all the son gets the Yerusha of everything, and then he has two daughters who at this point are single. The older daughter, let's assume, goes in and gets married now, and she's able to take from the estate of her brother's estate, now that the brother was Yerish, she's able to take 10% and go get married. Before the younger daughter gets married, the son, meaning the brother, dies. And the brother has no children, the brother has no Yershim, so that Yerusha now goes back to these girls. Right? These girls are now Yerish, all that stuff that the brother had goes to them, goes up you know, through the father, Kilu, to them. So which means that each girl, instead of getting 10%, is now getting 50%, okay? But it's not fair, because the older daughter already took her 10% off, and now they're only splitting the other 90. So is that fair or not? Tanakama says, He says, yeah, too bad. The whole idea of Isur Nechassim, Chazal Menetakonah, so that the girls have what to get married with in these situations, and their brothers can't just say, too bad, we're not giving you. But in this case, where you're getting the other 45%, that's fine. Yes, it's a little bit unfair that the older sister already got her 10% and ends up getting more than you, but that's why life is too bad. Amar Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Chanina said, what are you talking about? This idea of Parnasa, of this 10%, is a very important halacha. And I'll prove it to you, because the halacha is in the Parnasa. That when a girl goes to get 10%, and her brothers had already sold off all the nechassim, she's allowed to go collect from his Shubadim. 
And therefore, you see, she could collect from a Shabbatim. They might see the Mazinus. We already said Mazinus, her regular day to day alimony and child support, you don't collect from a Shabbatim. But Parnasa, you do. And therefore, and you think to say that therefore the second one is Michael, her 10%? No. This 10% is very important. Halacha, never Chanina argues on Tanakama and says you do give a separate 10% to the second daughter, and then they split up the rest of the Nechassim. Fine. But Derech Agav, we see, Rabbi Chanina said that this Parnasa, this 10%, you collect from Mishubadim. Now, why are you collecting it from Mishubadim? Okay, it's a fixed amount, I get that, but it's not written down. It's not written down at all. There's no shtar that says it. Vinchavaparnasa, the Miketzkaitz, it's a fixed amount. Michtav like Sivi, it's not written down anywhere. And if it's not written down in shtar, still he says, So you see, like the Tzad of the Svar, that as long as it's a fixed amount, we can, uh, in this case, not a fixed amount of money, but a fixed amount of percentage, she can go and collect from Mishubadim. So we paishat our shayla of what we had in Rabbi Chanina. So we love Dafka. Shani Parnasa, Chivad Islay, Kolo, Kamandik, Everybody knows that a daughter who is not Yerish gets 10% for her Nadunya. That's a, a, a very well-known halacha. And if it's a very well-known halacha, then that is considered like ksuvim. Remember, we said the purpose of ksuvim is not necessarily to be written. The purpose of ksuvim is just to be known. So this case, this is like just like we said yesterday. We said, We had discussed, because everybody's aware of it. Here also, this halacha of Parnas is, And therefore, this would not necessarily be a raya, that he does not need it to be written down. But we have another case. What about the following halacha? So what's the halacha? This is a tricky case. Also, we had anything more in Ksuba. So you have the following case. We have the following case where Ruvain is, goes ahead and marries a woman. Okay, that woman was already married and had a daughter. She already had a daughter from a previous marriage. Reuben, she wants, she's nervous when she gets married to Reuben. Reuben's not going to want to support the daughter. And they make a deal. And the deal is, Reuben says, I agree to support your daughter, no matter what, for five years. Okay, beautiful. She gets married, Mazel Tov. And then, uh, I don't know, six months later, they get divorced. Okay, even though they get divorced, Reuben still has to support that daughter for five years. That was the deal. It doesn't make a difference if the marriage dissolves. Okay. Now, this woman goes in and gets married Shimon. And he makes, she makes the same deal with Shimon. I have a daughter that came into the marriage. I want you to support her. Yes, I'll support her for five years. So now, for whatever that overlap of years is, let's say four and a half years, this girl's getting double Parnassar now. She's getting double amount. So the halacha is one of them gives her food, and the other one gives her cash, and she gets to keep the cash and put it away. Okay, so that's the halacha. Mesu, now we start to brace. Mesu, let's say this Reuven and Shimon both died. So this daughter, this stepdaughter of both of theirs, has a right to collect money. So where does she collect from? Mesu, Benoisehem, if Reuven and Shimon had natural daughters, child support payments, regular real child support payments, we said, we said child support payments, as we said yesterday, that we had a special takana that you can never collect from a Shubadim, because since everybody has child support payments to be made, no one's ever going to want to buy fields, and therefore Chazam made a special takana, child support payments only from the Chazam B'nei Chayr, and only from cash that you have, not from a Shubadim. Vihi, but this stepdaughter that they made a separate agreement for, he nezanis bin Chazam B'nei that she kabbalah schayv. She's like a regular Baal Shaiv, that Reuven and Shimon were Machayv themselves outside of the structure of the Chachamim to give money. So she is actually in a better situation than their own daughter. That's what the Bryce says. Now, why is she collecting from a Shubadim? It's a fixed amount, it's five years. 
but it's not written in any star. There's no star anywhere. So Elamah, you see, like a Bichanina, that once it's a fixed amount, even if it's not written down, and over here it's not even Takanus Chachamim, just a verbal agreement, they can collect from a Shabbatim. That's what the price is saying. Says Mullah. Here we're talking about a case where they made a Kenyan. And whenever you make a Kenyan, like we do by Chasanas, you know, make a Kenyan Chalipa like that. When you make a Kenyan, that's Kisuvan dummy. Everybody knows about it. You can write a star on it once you write, make such a Kenyan. And therefore, this is also considered written down. So, my boy, wait a second. If you're telling me, if you want it, we're trying to compare apples and oranges. And we're trying to compare the chiyuv that this Reuben and Shimon have to their natural daughters to the chiyuv they have to their stepdaughters. And you tell me, truth is, really both of them should be from the chasim b'nei chayr. Because the stepdaughter, the stepdaughter also is not written down. Elamai, you're talking about a case where you made a kinyan. So if you made a kinyan and that's what makes it written down, then the parallel case would be someone made a kinyan to support his own daughters. And if he makes a kidney to support his own daughters, that should also be, like, written down, and that should also be collecting from the Chassam Mishabadim. What would be the difference if it's his own daughter or if it's his stepdaughter? From both of them, he made a kinyan, and both of them, it's like it's written down, both of them should collect from Mishabadim. No, we're talking about a case where he made a kinyan only for his stepdaughters, not for his natural daughters. So my Pasco, like... But what, that doesn't make any sense. You can't make up a case that have different parameters and then compare and contrast. Right? They're either both with a Kenyan or both without a Kenyan. Don't tell me the halachas are different. The halachas are not different. It's two different cases. That doesn't make any sense. Rather, says the Gemara, Bas ishtoi dehavi b'shaskinyi mahani lakinyin bita dehavi b'shaskinyi le mahani lakinyin. Remember, the stepdaughter when he goes ahead and marries Rachel, when Reuben marries Rachel, the stepdaughter is already alive, and therefore he makes a Kenyan now to support her. If he even makes a Kenyan now to support a future real daughter that he has with, with this new wife, but that real daughter is not here yet. And if that real daughter is not here yet, the Kenyan Ke'ilu does not work. Okay. So therefore, maybe that's the thing. Really, he made a Kenyan, but the Kenyan for his daughter, stepdaughter, which is alive, the Kenyan works and it's like it's fixed, and therefore you could collect from Shabbatim. But for his natural daughter, which is not yet born, it doesn't exist. So what do you mean? I can find you a case where he's actually making a kinyan for his stepdaughter and for his natural daughter, and the natural daughter is alive. Now, how could that be? He's making this at the deal at the marriage. So, what about a case where he married Rachel? Rachel has another daughter from a different marriage, and now he marries Rachel, they have a daughter. Okay, so he has two daughters, a stepdaughter and a natural daughter. He now divorces Rachel. Okay, then they try to get back together. Rachel says, okay, I'll get back together with you, but you need to be, I want a Kenyan from you that you're going to be supporting my, my daughter and you're going to be supporting our joint natural daughter. He says, no problem, I'll make a Kenyan. Well, in that case, they both are alive. And if they both are alive, they both have to collect, are allowed to collect from the Shabbatim. So back to where we started from. What's the difference between a stepdaughter and a not stepdaughter? So I'll tell you why. His natural daughter that he has to support based on a takonas chazal. The Kenyan is not my level of merit. It doesn't make a difference to Kenyan. Because Lamaisa, he has to support her anyways. Whereas Basishta, his stepdaughter, the Kenyan makes it stronger and he collects from Mishubadim. Says, man, that makes no sense. Why would the fact that the chazal were machai of you make your Kenyan worse? That doesn't make any sense. I'll tell you the final score. It's a different issue. The truth is, you're right. The truth is, if you make a Kenyan, then both for your, and that's considered Kiksuvin, and it's a fixed amount of years, then both for your regular daughter and for your stepdaughter, you can collect from Mishubadim. 
the reason we don't allow you to collect from a Shabbat by your regular daughter in this case is because we're afraid that you gave her a mashkin. Sorry, Atfase. Maybe you gave her a mashkin. Things which you are mechuyiv mitnai bezdin, but people have a tendency to put away money on the side. Because they're really afraid if they're not going to be able to pay it off, so they put away money on the side in an escrow account to pay that off. So the reason we don't allow her to collect from a Shabbatim is not because she doesn't have a lien on the Shabbatim. It's because we have this chashash that maybe she already got paid on the side in some escrow account. Now, Tysus points out, we do allow her to collect from B'nei Chayr. If he has cash, she has to pay. It's a special halacha that in terms of collecting from the Kuchais, then we have this extra chashash. So we're still back to our Shaila. We're not 100% clear. And Rabbi Hanina, when he insists it be a fixed amount, does he also need Ksuvin or not? And the Gemara is not Pashat that Shaila. But the Gemara brings another issue over here, which is Tashma. Amr ibn Nasser. Nasser comes to explain this halacha in our Mishnah that Muslim Isha Vabanas do not collect from a Shubadim. He says, Amos, and, and the case of the Shvach Karka. Amos said, Bizman Shekadim Mekhesh Sheni, Lashvachesh Arishan. Nasser says it's all a timing issue. What happens over here? Right? Reuven sold a stolen field to Shimon. Okay. At that time, Shimon automatically has a lien on anything Reuven owns in case something happens to the field. Fine. Now, what happens is Ruben sells some other field, the real field that he owns, to Levi. Okay. Shimon, if that field gets, if the stolen field finally gets found out, Shimon is allowed to go collect from Levi. Fine. What, now we said though, if Shimon invests in the field, that money he invests, he cannot collect from Levi. Says of Nelson, the truth is, he maybe could collect from Levi. It depends on when he did those investments. Did he do those investments before Ruvain sold the field to Levi or after he sold the field to Levi? If Ruvain sold the field to Levi before Shimon invested money in the field, so by the time Shimon comes and invests more money, in the field and has a lien on Ruvain, that field of Levi's is already got, that field is by Levi already. Shimon has no claim on that. If, if Shimon invested in the field, therefore created extra achrayis, when the field was still by Ruvain, then Then when Ruvain goes in and sells the field to Levi, that field already had on it a, the original Shibut of the Karkar and the Shibut of the Shvach and all that stuff. So this is a totally different way of approaching it. This has nothing to do with Ksuvim. This has nothing to do with Kitsuvim. This just has to do with timing of when everything happened. So we see it has nothing to do with either one of these Svaras. Says the you're right. Tanoi, the truth is, there's a Machlaikis Tanoim, and we're going to come out with three different possibilities of why the Allah of our mission is true. Forget the fact that it's not written down. It's not a fixed amount. It's not a fixed amount. It's impossible for you to collect. You can't have an unlimited exposure of risk. And therefore, he holds that's even not better than Tikkun Olam. It's fundamental in the whole idea of collection. But Lamaisa, we see a Brysa now, which says these two Svaras. And we had the Brysa before of Nussan, who said a third Svar of the timing issue. So we come out Lamaisa, three Svaras. One is based on, not, it's not written down, nobody knows about it. One is based on, not Kesuvan, it's not a fixed amount. And the third one is that it's based on timing. We do not come out with the Maskana, Pashup Shadakoin Tarashi, on my number. Kesuvan, does he also need Kesuvan or not? That we don't seem to have been paishit, uh, according to our Pshat in the Gabon. Okay, now let's go to Bamatsi a little bit. The Mishnah had said that someone who finds a Metsia does not make a Shvua. Now, Pashat Pshat that halach is, is because basically anytime you come and volunteer to give somebody money, 
we're never mechayiv you a shvu in that situation. Because it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. You're volunteering to give something that you don't have to give in the slightest bit. There's no reason in the world to mechayiv you a shvu. This is more than amigu. Sometimes you have amigu. Right? Amigu means, believe me that this is the money I want to give you or that I owe you because if I wanted to lie, I could say nothing. This is much more than amigu. Meshavah Veda is better than amigu. Meshavah Veda means that I'm just volunteering you something. There's no way Chazal or the Torah, as we'll see in the Gemara, are going to be mechayiv you a shvu when you're volunteering something that you don't have to volunteer volunteer at all. It's not a question of believing you, not believing you. It's just, you're giving money. Of course, you don't make a sure. We don't, we don't start up with you when you're making, when you're just volunteering to give something. But, says the one, not so simple. Amar Yitzhak. Comes to Yitzhak and says a, a different halacha than what we just said. Shnei kisim kashur matzasali. So, Ruven comes to Shimon and says, hey, I found your, uh, I found some wallets of yours. And Shimon says, oh, really? You found both my wallets? Gavaldik! Show me the two wallets you gave me. I don't know what you're talking about, two. I only found one. So, Nijva. He's a maid of a mixas. He's a maid of a mixas in this case, says Abitzak, and he has to make a shua. Now, this is the is a steer at our Mishnah. Hold on, that's what the Gemara is focusing on. Says Abitzak, in this case, you're a maid of a mixas. I say, right, Shimon says, you owe me two wallets. And Ruben says, I only owe you one wallet. You're a maid of a mixas. You have to make a shua. However, says Yitzchak, Shnei Shvarim Kashur Matsasali. He says, no, you didn't find wallets. You found moving objects, in this case, animals that were moving around. I don't know, two, I only found one. So, Why? My time is Shvarim Menachti Adadi, Kisu Menachti Adadi. Says Yitzchak, the reason is, because animals move around. And the animals, while they might have been together when I lost them, it could be they separated. And therefore... And therefore, he only found one. Whereas by the wallets, the wallets don't move around by themselves. The wallets of her were tied together in one bag or whatever it was. And therefore, if you found one, you found the other. What's going on here? So Rashi explains. Now, Yitzhak's point is whether we're talking about a Tainas Bari or a Tainas Shema. If the owner of this wallet or the owner of the animals has a Tainas Bari, 100%, I am 100% confident that you must have found both of my objects, and you're lying when you say you only found one, then he can make a make a shvua. But if it's a tiny shema, I lost two animals, that's for sure. I don't know for sure you found them both, because it could be they separated. That's a tiny shema. I think that you probably found both, but obviously I don't know, because I didn't see you find them. I just assume that. That's a tiny shema. In that case, you do not make a shvua. And says if you took one more halacha, shnei shvarim kishura matzasa, even at the animal's case, but they were actually tied up and he says, no, you're right, I found both of them. So if he says, I never found one, we said, that's okay, I never found both, because it could be they moved around and got untied. But if the Bala Veda, the, the, the person who found the Aveda, admits that he found the two animals, but he says, I returned one, and one I still have here, so that that also is a case of So now, we have to be able to figure out and differentiate when do we have a case of and when do we have a case of, of what we call in our Mishnah, and do these two halakas fit together, yes or no, says the Gemara. The Mishnah said, the Mishnah said, when you volunteer that you found something, you don't have to make a shua. How come in Rav Yitzhak's case, yes, I understand Rav Yitzhak's case is a tiny's bari, but how come Rav Yitzhak's case should not be any different? The fundamental svara is that when someone volunteers something, you don't make a shua. So why in Rav Yitzhak's case, when he's volunteering, I found your animal, I found your wallet, are we making him make a shua? 
says the Gemara, The truth is, this halacha is not so pashat halacha in our Mishnah, it's actually a machlaikis in which case this halacha applies. Rebbe Yaakov says as follows, the Sanya, Sometimes you can volunteer to do something or to give something, tainus atzmoy, and we're going to make you make a shvur. Now, this is in fundamental contradiction to what I just said, that when you make a you don't make a shvur. Lezim Yaakov says, sometimes it happens. Kate said, what's the case? If Reuven goes to Shimon, and he says, Shimon, your father Yaakov gave me money. I have money from your father. You didn't know about it. I have money. Right? Some of it I ate. I made a mistake. I'm going to pay you back. Half, whatever. You gave, uh, you know, might have a case. So I gave you half, or you ate half, and whatever it is. In this case, you have to make a shvua. Even though I'm volunteering all this information, still, in this case, even though I'm volunteering, I have to go ahead and make a shvua. You're a mighty b'mikzas. Seems very much like what you just, just said. So, no, wait a second. The Chama argue in this case and say, no. There's no halach of shvua over here. You're volunteering information. When you volunteer information, you don't make a shvua. Now, what does Rebbe Yaakov argue about this? Rebbe Yaakov, lest they make sure does he really argue fundamentally on our, on our point? The point of our Mishnah, and the point of Svarah, Rashi says, is when you volunteer information, you never have to make a sure. It doesn't make any sense because no one's ever going to volunteer information otherwise. Of course, even on a derisa level, even though Meir Mixas normally makes a shvua, by a Balchariv, I understand that. But over here, in this case, we're just volunteering that uh, the money is owed somewhere. Of course, you don't. You would not make shvua. How can Ablazim and Yaakov say you do? So I'm a Rav. Rav says you're right. Betoan no Now, we can't be talking about a regular case here if you're at Tainas Bari. Remember, Yitzchak's point was that if the other side is a Tainas Bari that you're lying, you have to make a shvua. Ablazim and Yaakov cannot be talking about that because Ablazim and Yaakov clearly said Tainas. Atzmai. Then it's Atzmai means there's nobody claiming anything from you. So you're right, says the Gemara. We can't be talking about a case where nobody's claiming from you. We're talking about a case where the person claiming from you is a cotton. Okay, so it's a child of the person you owe the money to. And therefore, it's not a real Taina. And since it's not a real Taina in this case, Lemais, it's called Tainas Atzmai. Because it's sort of like you're admitting. Because theoretically, a cotton does not make you make a shua anyways. And if a cotton doesn't make you make a shua anyways, a tiny of a cotton doesn't accuse you of anything. It's worthless. It's really like you're admitting it. But it's not really a Meshavah Veda either. Because I'm not totally volunteering the information. Someone is asking me for it. Therefore, that would be considered maybe a Meshavah Mikzas. So a cotton, medium a a cotton's tiny has no validity at all. And therefore, that's not a Meshavah Mikzas case. That would be a regular Meshavah Veda. If a little kid says you owe me money and you admit to it, that is pure Meshavah Veda. Okay. It says, well, no, my cotton, when it says cotton, doesn't really mean a little kid. It means gadol. It means an adult. So why is he called a cotton? Why my car like cotton and tanisatsmai? Oh, so maybe there's a difference between whether he's defending his own interests or his father's interests. A, a yasum uh, doesn't necessarily know what his father's owed or not owed. And therefore, when he's making the claim over here, it's a, a, a weaker claim. And therefore, we'll consider it ke'ilu a tanisatsmai. What do you mean? If this cotton is saying for sure that you owed my father, my father, you owed my father money, then that's a regular tainas acherim. That's not a tainas atzma. He's not admitting. It's not a meshav aveda. This is a regular case of midbamiksas. 
there's a claim, but you admit to the claim. Every case of murder makes us in the world, someone claims something, and you admit to the other half. This would not be any special case. So we're back to our question. What is Belazim Yaakov's case? Ella says the Gemara the Rabbi Rather, and this is a very important point here now, Rashi makes. We're going back to the case of the cotton. Okay, if there's no cotton involved whatsoever, if there's no taina whatsoever, then maybe you'd be a Meshavaveda and you'd be Potter. As long as you have some taina, even a Shvach taina against you, it would count. Oh, we said a cotton does not make you make a Shvua. Rashi explains this point to the Gemara now, we assume not like that. We assume a cotton could make you make a Shvua on his father's stuff. A cotton cannot make you make a Shvua on his own stuff, but a cotton could make you make a Shvua on your father's stuff. So if that's the case, why is this not a case of Meidimimiksas? What's going on? You have a Taina, and if you have a Taina, you should be Patra because of Meidimimiksas. You should be Chayva Shua Meidimimiksas. Why does Rebbe Yaakov say not? Says the Gemara, because we have to get deep under the covers of the halacha of Meidimimiksas. But the Rabbah we're arguing on the Svar of Rabbah. The Rabbah Rabbah, Rabbah asked the fundamental question, which is what we're really struggling with in this whole sugya. Lachaira, we just said a Svara. That when you're a Meshav Aveda, when you volunteer something, we don't accuse you of doing anything wrong. We take what you gave us willingly and we say thank you very much. No shul. So then why does the Torah say a Meidim has to make a shul? Makes no sense. Meidim HaMiksas is a Meshav Aveda, L'chaira. So why does a Meidim HaMiksas have to make a shul? Says Rabbi, a very basic psychological swara. Chazaka ain't other mayors part of a You know what the answer is? Because you are not volunteering information. Volunteering information means that you could decide to say something or decide not to say something. When it comes to a chayv, you cannot not say something. You're always going to be afraid not to admit. Because you know, that he knows, that I know, that you know, that you owe the money. Okay? And therefore, you're not going to be meiz b'fnei bal to lie legamri. And therefore, we cannot call you a meishav aveda. Meishav aveda means I'm calling on my free will and admitting to something I didn't even have to talk about. That's not true. In this case, you did have to talk about it because psychologically, there's no way you're going to deny it. The truth is, if it was up to me, I would lie and just say, I don't owe you any money. But I can't. And therefore, I'm meid b'mixas. So I'm meid b'mixas. Now, wait a second. Now we have a problem. Now you're telling me that really he owes the money. And he's lying and saying he only owes half. Well, if he's a liar, then how do you make him make a shua? Right? You can't make a shua if you're a liar. Chazal don't put shuas on liars. If, if you tell me really deep psychologically, that's the point. Says more, but coolly by the the truth is, he's not a liar. He really would admit to the entire loan. He doesn't have the money. It's not the question he's trying to steal the money. He just doesn't have the cash right now. When I get the money, I'll pay it back. Oh, so now, that situation, really, you're not a Mameshav Aveda. Because you really would never deny it. Of course, you're going to admit to the money. But you don't have the money to pay right now. The Torah says, let's clarify what's going on right now. Let's make you make a Shua so that you admit that you owe the rest of it. Maybe you have what to pay now. Maybe you don't have what to pay now. We'll put an installment plan. Oh. So that is the fundamental psychological smarter difference between a Merim Amiksas and a Mesha Aveda. A Mesha Aveda is Mayus. Mesha Aveda could say anything. Yeah, I don't owe you anything. I found your wallet. Who cares? Right? And if I don't have to admit to that. Whereas by a Chayv, you have to admit. So wait a second. What's the Machleg's Blazim and Yaakov and the Rabbanan? In this case, by the guy who says, I have money from your father. Blazim and Yaakov, Savar, Leishna, Boy, Leishna, Boy, Enamez. 
whether you're talking directly to the Balchoyv, or whether you're talking to his child, the same Svar of Rabbah applies. And therefore, really, you're not a Meshav of Eda, because you would never lie to the kid's face. Even to the kid's face, you wouldn't lie. And you might have and you have to make a sure. Rebbe Savri, No. To the Balchayv himself, I would not lie. Of a Babnai, when it comes to his son, Over there, when it comes to the son, I don't have to admit anything. And if I'm coming and volunteering information, then clearly we assume we'll take it from you, thank you very much, and say goodbye. Oh. So that is the Machlechish Blazim Yaakov and the Rabbana, a detailed halacha of does this halacha of the difference between Meshav Aveda and Meshav apply by children or not. Now let's tie it back to our suga. So what do we see from Elizabeth and Yaakov? We see from Elizabeth and Yaakov Lamais in this situation that even a, a, some sort of tiny, we're talking about we have a tiny cotton, what Elizabeth and Yaakov is talking about, a tiny cotton over here is going to be considered a mighty b'miktas. Says the Gemara, that is exactly what Yitzchak is telling me on Amanalat. Then in a regular case of Meshavah Veda, where I say, I bring you something, I have found your wallet. Oh, thank you very much. Was there a second one? What, did you lose the second one? I did. Maybe you found it, maybe you didn't. Okay, so you're Meshavah But when that guy has a tiny bari, and he says, no, I lost two wallets that were tied together. And there's no way that you found one without finding the other. Then just like a Blazim Yaakov says, by a tiny of a cotton, you're not considered a Meshavah Veda. You're considered a Meshavah Mikzas. Says if it's like in this case also, you're not considered a Meshavah Veda. You're considered a Meshavah Mikzas because he has a tiniest bury against you. And he has a t- anytime he has a tiniest bury against you, we're going to say the same Cheshman that you weren't going to belong. You're not considered volunteering information. In a situation where he does not have a tiniest bury, then you're a volunteer of information and you're a Meshavah Veda. But anytime there is a tiniest bury, you're not a volunteer of information and then it would not apply. So, the, so it's not clear at the end if Yitzhak's arguing in our Mishnah or he's just being magbil the case of the Mishnah of Maitzimitziah. But either way, it comes out sometimes in a Maitzimitziah with a Tainas Shema, you do not make a Shua. But if it's a Tainas Bari, according to Yitzhak, you would make a Shua and then you are a Mitzas, not a case of Meshavah Veda.